Hi, this is Pastor David Cooper. Thank you for joining my podcast. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you. I also want to ask you to share the podcast with others. Together, we can make an impact in people's lives as we introduce them to the Word of God. Thank you for your partnership and ministry of the Mount Perrin family and our outreach. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you today. Let's talk about one of the most interesting subjects in Scripture, the Sabbath day. What is the Sabbath day? What does it mean to keep the Sabbath day? What was the Sabbath day in the Old Testament versus the New Testament? So many people have so many questions about the real meaning of the Sabbath day. So we come to Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, and we read about the importance of the Sabbath day. God says to us, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Well, first of all, we learn that the Sabbath celebrates creation. And here, the creation story of Genesis is quoted in the Ten Commandments, that God created the heavens and the earth in six days. Now, we know scientifically those six days represent a period of time. But the six is important because it correlates to our work week. And on the seventh day, the final day of creation, God rested from his labor. And we read that in the opening of Genesis the second chapter, verses 1 through 3, when God finished his work of creating the vast array of the heavens and the earth, God rested and he blessed the seventh day and he called it holy. Now, the word holy means sacred. It means special. It's something that's set apart. That's not commonplace. And we should keep that in the background of our minds when we think about remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. It's a separate day. It's a special day. It's sacred. It's different from other days. So the Sabbath celebrates creation. So long before Moses, long before the law, long before the ritualism of the seventh day, conceptually, the seventh day or the Sabbath was a spiritual concept. It was simply a recognition that God is our creator. And how important that is today in our world, where we are losing any sense that God created the world. It's one thing to wonder how God created it and to speculate on the time frames and the science on it. And I've studied much of it and taught on much of it. It's pretty fascinating of what scientists do know, what they're discovering about the universe. The processes and the ways that God made it is great to talk about. There's a mystery to it. The science is incredible. But understanding that regardless of how the universe formed, God is the one who started it. God is the creator. And the Sabbath day, first of all, is rooted in creation. It is a recognition that God is our creator, that we're not here just by some evolutionary accident, some random cause in the universe, that God is the ultimate cause of all things, and that we are created in the image of God. So when you think about the Sabbath day, first of all, it is an attitude of the heart that recognizes that God is our creator. But second of all, let's look at the Sabbath 
for Israel in the Old Testament, because that's when the Ten Commandments were given after the people of Israel were delivered from Egyptian bondage. They go into the desert. God gives Moses the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. These Ten Commandments are going to guide their life in the promised land and, of course, guided them throughout history. Now, remember this, that Israel was coming out of slavery They worship one God. They've come out of a land of idol worshipers in Egypt. Now they're going to Canaan, which is surrounded by a lot of idol worships, especially the worship of the false god Baal and Asherah, which was his female counterpart in the cult of Baal worship. It was all over that part of the world. And if you read the Old Testament, even when Israel was in the Holy Land, that was always the spiritual weakness was when the people would fall into the worship of Baalism. So they were adopting the religion of the culture around them. And so the Sabbath day was important to them because it reminded them that they were not like other nations. And that's what the word holy means. Israel was called a holy nation. The temple that they built was called holy. The Bible is called holy. The tithe is called holy because all of those things are sacred. They're special. They're different. It's important to understand why the Sabbath day was important to these people because this one day a week is what made them different from the pagan nations worshiping these idols. And that was always God's concern for them. And it was Moses' concern when he prepared them for the Holy Land, that they not fall into the sin of idolatry, which is why the Ten Commandments open up with two commandments about idolatry. And so the Sabbath day also protected them from falling into the idol worship and the paganism and the ritualism of these cultures that they were surrounded by. So that's the background of the word holy, and it's the background of why the Sabbath day was important for them on the seventh day. It correlated with the Genesis story, and it also was their day that they worshiped that no other nation did that. And it reminded them they're holy people. They're sacred. They belong to God. They're not to get absorbed in the culture of the day. That's a very important spiritual truth for us as well. So the word holy means special, sacred. It's a day separate from all other days. Second of all, the Sabbath day in the Old Testament was a day of rest from work. He specifically says, six days you will work. Now, one of the overlooked aspects of the command is what it is telling us to do as well as what not to do. Remember the Sabbath. This is a positive command. It's telling us to do something. You shall have no other gods before you. You shall not make yourself an idol in the form of anything. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God. These first three commandments are negative prohibitions. They're telling us what not to do. But this one is telling us something that we should do. It's a positive command. Remember, honor, value the Sabbath day. And he says, six days you will work. Now, that doesn't mean we have to work six days to fulfill the commandment because we might work five days. The point is that there are normal days for work, but this seventh day was a day to not work, to rest from your labor, to cease from your work. God wanted them to understand that this day was different. Just the Sabbath principle helps cure people that are workaholics. It says don't work all the time. It also corrects people that think they can just be entitled to everything and get something for nothing. It tells us to work. It's amazing how many valuable lessons and truths are in this one commandment. So it was a day of rest. It's a day that separated them from the pagan culture of idolatry because nobody honored this day like that. And it reminded them they're a holy people, worshiping a holy God. And that made them a witness to these other nations of a greater way to live. Now, many years after Moses, in fact, after the Old Testament was completed, during the intertestamental period before the coming of Jesus, many of the teachers of Israel, the rabbis, and most particularly the Pharisees, they had a lot of regulations and customs that they were adding to the Sabbath day. 
All God said was remember the Sabbath day and don't work. That's all there was to the commandment. But they added all kind of regulations and customs that became a burden to the people. For example, in the New Testament, you'll read about a Sabbath day's journey. That was about three-fourths of a mile. And there are some that even still practice that little interpretation of the Sabbath. But that is not in the Old Testament law. That's not in the law of Moses. That's not in the Ten Commandments. God never required that. That's an added own regulation. And there were many of them that these rabbis added to the people. And that was a burden to the people. And Jesus took issue with these traditions. He discredited them as having no value. They're called the traditions of the elders because they were in addition to Scripture. And that's a great lesson for us because it happens in the Christian church as well. That's what we're taught in the Scripture. That's what we're given in the New Testament. And then, as you know, some churches and denominations over years have added all kinds of traditions and rituals and regulations that are a burden, but we're not obligated to keep those traditions. We live by the truth of Scripture, not the traditions of men. And Jesus took issue with their burdens added to the Sabbath day. People didn't want to take the Sabbath anymore. It was so hard and so legalistic and so ritualistic. They were just on lockdown on the seventh day. So in Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 3, some of the rabbis, the Pharisees, questioned Jesus about their tradition. They said, why don't your disciples wash their hands with it, like the tradition of the Pharisees? And he went on to tell them that your traditions are an impediment to the truth of God. And he says, why do you teach the traditions of men? as though they were the commandments of God. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. That's the danger of tradition. It makes the scripture irrelevant. People grow up in their church or their synagogue or their house of worship, and they got the Bible, but they're not hearing the Bible anymore. They're hearing someone tell them all these church traditions or religious traditions. And the people start thinking that these traditions are in the Bible. I can't tell you how many times people have asked me as a pastor, Pastor, could you tell me where this is in the Bible? And I tell them it's not in there. It's not in there, they'll ask me. They grew up in a church. They grew up in a ministry. You see, that's their tradition. When you blend tradition with truth, it confuses the people. And there's nothing in the Old Testament about all of these Sabbath regulations, but the rabbis added them. And Jesus said, your traditions are an impediment to truth. You nullify the word of God. That means you make it of no effect for the sake of your traditions. And over time, people start valuing their traditions more than they value the truth of Scripture. You know, as a pastor, sometimes people ask me all kinds of questions. Well, email me. There's all kinds of things going on in the world, and people will know what the Bible says about it. People will say, well, where does the church stand on this? And I said, the church stands where the Scripture stands. This is not about where the church stands on some cultural issue or some social issue or some moral issue. It's what does the Bible teach? Where does the Scripture? What is the truth? The church is here. 1 Timothy 3 and 16 says the church is the pillar and foundation of the truth. The church doesn't have its own message. We're here to give the message of Jesus of salvation. We're here to teach the scripture as the ultimate truth. It is the word of God that is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. So this is why people are still confused about the Sabbath. Because they're hearing all these traditions. And there's some churches that try to practice Sabbath regulations and argue about which day is the most important day. Those are traditions, and that was going on in Jesus' day as well. So he took issue with those traditions, and he was accused of breaking the Sabbath. In Mark chapter 3, he was in the synagogue on the Sabbath day and healed a man that had a shriveled hand. And some of the Pharisees took issue because he healed a man on the Sabbath, because they said he's breaking the Sabbath. Think about that. They thought it was a violation of the Sabbath to heal a man, that that was some type of work. In Mark chapter 2, we read in verse 23 through 27, that on a Sabbath day, Jesus was walking through a grain field and some of his disciples picked some grain and snacked on it. And some of the religious leaders that were with him saw this. 
and said, why do you break the Sabbath by picking grain? And then Jesus quotes the Old Testament. Have you not read in the days of David when he and his men were hungry and they went into the temple and he ate the consecrated bread? That was the bread in the holy place. Twelve loaves of bread that were put out every day represented Israel. He went in and ate the consecrated bread and gave it to his men. And he said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He said the Sabbath was God's gift to us, a day that you don't have to work, a day to rest, a day to enjoy your family, a day to worship. And you've turned it into a religious law and legalism and robbed people of the joy of the Sabbath. You've made it a ritual instead of a beautiful day of worship and rest and fellowship. We have to understand the Sabbath day today in Christ. If you read the 14th chapter of Romans, where Paul talks about people's different convictions, he specifically mentions the Sabbath day. And he says some people regard one day as more sacred than the other. And he clearly says that each person decides in their heart which day is most important, that there's not a fixed rule on the seventh day is the only day you can celebrate the Sabbath. So we have to understand what the Sabbath means in Christ, who is Lord of the Sabbath, Mark 2, 27, and that the Sabbath was made for us to enjoy, not a ritual for us to keep. Well, the Bible tells us when we look at this as Christians and how to apply the Sabbath day in our lives, that the Sabbath day itself is also prophetic. It is fulfilled in the finished work of Christ. Now, Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 and 17 is one of the most important passages on the Sabbath. He said, therefore, let no one take you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies and let no one judge you because of a new moon, celebration, festivals, or a Sabbath day. He said, don't let anyone judge you about which day is the Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come. So he says, the Sabbath day of the Old Testament is a shadow of the things to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So here we see that the Sabbath day, even of the Old Testament, was a day pointing to the day of Messiah's coming of Jesus himself and the finished work of Christ on the cross. Just like God finished his work of creation in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, and he rested, that is prophetically speak, speaking of Jesus dying on the cross for the sins of the world, completing the work of salvation, and he said, it is finished, and we rest in the finished work of Christ. So the Sabbath is fulfilled in the completed work of Jesus on the cross. And Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 10 makes this very statement. There remains then a Sabbath day, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. We've ceased from our labor, that is trying to earn our salvation, and we've entered God's rest. So Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of a Sabbath day. It's not a day, it's a person. So the Sabbath day prophetically pointed to the finished work of Christ. Now, the early church began worshiping on the first day of the week in commemoration of the Lord's resurrection. And I'll remind you that most of all of the early Christians were Orthodox Jews. Now, Saul of Tarsus, you remember, went into the synagogues and wanted to drive the Christians out. Those are Jewish people who believed Jesus was Messiah. And that's what kept them out of the synagogues. They worshiped in the synagogues. They were Jews. They just believed that Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament. But Saul started that persecution. But later on, Christians began around the world to celebrate the first day of the week. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2, Paul specifically speaks of when you gather together on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, which is the Christian Sabbath day. There's no sense in arguing about which day. And there's no sense in thinking that God is so rigid that he doesn't accept our worship 
because people can't make up their minds which day. It's not a day. It's a concept. It's a truth. Now, we traditionally, for 2,000 years, have experienced a Christian Sabbath, a day of rest, worship, honoring God as our creator on the Lord's day. And so the Christians celebrate every Sunday as the Lord's day, as a day of worship and rest. Revelation chapter 1, verse 10, John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And so we come together on the Lord's day to worship him in spirit and in truth. But we don't do it by legalism. We do it by love. We love one another. We come together as God's church. We come together to witness to the rest of the world that this is a special day. We come together to enjoy fellowship. It's a day of resting from work. It's a day of fellowship. It's a great day of celebration. And the Lord's Day, I'll end with this. Every Lord's Day anticipates prophetically the ultimate day of the Lord when Jesus returns. Titus 2 and 13, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I look forward to seeing you in church every Lord's Day, the Sabbath day. Every Sunday as we gather as the Mount Perrin family to worship, I'm looking forward to seeing you this Sunday in worship as well on campus or online. Let me encourage you to get a copy of my new book, 10. It's a deep exploration of the Ten Commandments. A lot of interesting insights there that are different from these teachings I'm sharing with you. You can get your copy today. Get the Mount Perrin app, go online, check out the store, get your copy today. Your young person will send it to you free as a gift. Just promise me that you'll read it. It'll help you sort through morals, ethics, spiritual life and how to live your life for Christ in this world today. Let's close today with a word of prayer. And I pray that this teaching on the Sabbath day has enriched your life, that you'll appreciate in a new way God's work of creation on the Sabbath day, that you'll rest in the finished work of Christ, the Sabbath rest, and that you'll have a new regard for how sacred Sunday is to God's people as a day to come together. Lord, thank you for this time we shared. I pray a rich blessing on your people. We thank you for the finished work of Christ today, that we can live a rested life spiritually. We don't have to earn our salvation, that we rest in your love and grace and provision for us. Bless your people richly today in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me today as we've shared together the Word of God. Let me ask you to download the Mount Perrin Church app today so that we can stay connected and you can see all the great services and resources available for you and your family. Follow me on social media and also the Mount Perrin Church family. I look forward to seeing you in church to worship on campus and online. God bless you. Have an incredible day.